Welcome to the Bet US Golf, Horse Racing, and Tennis Channel. It's unbelievable that the uh, first Grand Slam of 2023, the Australian Open, is now coming to a climatic end. And uh, listen up. We're holding uh, good futures on both the men's and the women's. First of all, we're America's favorite sports books. So I'd like you to subscribe and also ring the bell. And the ring bell means you'll never miss any of the Grand Slams in tennis. You'll never miss any of the majors in golf. And in the racing, you've got Triple Crown. And already uh, tomorrow is the Pegasus. But today is going to be all about the women's and the men's finals down under. And also, if you're on social media, then you must follow BetUSTV because that's where you'll get any late updates. Maybe some in-play uh, picks as well. My guests are from this side of the pond. And I say this side of the pond, which is on the east is uh, Noobs, which is Alex Christensen, and on the other side of the pond, which is Europe, I mean, it's west, it's Snyes. Have I got that right? East and west. No, it's the other way around, isn't it? It's the west. West is Alex, east is Snyes. So the old compass has been thrown about a little bit. But anyway, listen, it is the first Grand Slam. Let's start off with what we've seen so far. Gentlemen, uh, Alex, I'll come to you. On the women's side, we've got two big, powerful hitters. That's what you said in the future show. We want to be with the big, powerful hitters. Is there anybody? Let's take away Sabalenka and Rybakina. Let's take them out. Is there anybody that's caught your eye that you think, oh, they might have a good year? Yeah, there was a couple names, and that's why this tournament is always so fun. It's amazing to have a sport where you have a big event like this. Um, a younger player, Linda Fruvertova, we had her at a big number to win her quarter. Um, you know, didn't get all the way there, but played some fantastic tennis, gave us a bunch of equity in their number. It was nice to see a player like Donna Vekic come back into form, um, you know, a really fun player on the tour, really struggled with injury last year. Um, and there's always a veteran, and Magda Lynette, here she sits, I can can't imagine how many people picked her to have made it all the way this far. Um, I'm sorry, all the way to the semifinals there. So a lot of fun names, a couple of young players, a Chinese player by the name of Zhu Lin was really fun going through. We've had kind of the rebirth of Victoria as a ranker, much to my demise. But yeah, it's been a great tournament, and I could be happier to have what really feels like the two best women in this draw. For the last two weeks, they've been playing the best tennis. They're two of the best players in the world. This is going to be a really great final. Yeah, Snyers, and we look at the uh, futures, and the one thing we said was we want to be against Schwantex. Very, very short odds, no value, and uh, just getting her beat meant there's going to be a profitable uh, women's side of the draw anyway. Yeah, for sure. Uh, as we identified, really was vulnerable there, and she, of course, got the worst possible draw as well with all of the big hitters, all the dangerous players uh, in that first quarter. And it was the, the loaded first quarter that got the best of her. Rybakina took her down quite comfortably in straight sets. Uh, and a lot of big hitters, as, as Alex mentioned, did well. Ostapenko, uh, a favorite of, of, of many, uh, with a little mini run there. Karolina Pliskova also had a good tournament. Uh, but yeah, there's just so much talent. There's so much depth in the WTA Tour that you, you, can't, you cannot be betting. Uh, the betting favorite for for a massive tournament like a like a slam if they're you know plus two hundred it's just you just can't do it. Yeah, well, listen, I'm, I'm fancy. There's plenty of people that have got uh, futures on uh, Rybakina at plus two thousand, maybe plus two thousand five hundred was what your pick was. I know that we all fancied Sabalenka, apart from maybe the second serve. Let's uh, let's get it down and put some meat on the bone here because when we look at the numbers of Sabalenka versus Rabakina, 
it's really it's a coin flip because you've got Rebecca at plus 105, you've got Sabalenka at minus 125. So let's have a little look at the total amount of games. The under and over has been set at 23, which basically pushes you towards maybe we're expecting three sets. The under is uh, minus 105, but they fancy the over at minus 115. Now, this is a really interesting one because we've got players total. So it's under or over 12 and a half. It's not inconceivable that they both go over that. Uh, and one of them's obviously got to lose. But if you have got a firm favourite, then maybe you go under one of these. Alex, take this away. What are you expecting from Rybakina and Sabalenka? It's going to be a great match. These are some really shocking numbers. You rarely see a match this close. I think this is the first total of 23 that I've seen in... I mean, Snyze, have you ever seen a total of 23 in the WTA? I, I can't think of the last time I've seen one, but it should be a great match. Your price for over two and a half sets is right around even money. So the market's expecting a competitive match, and I am too, but I think there's kind of two tails to this match. If Sabalenka wins, I expect it to be kind of a comfortable two-set match here. She's been playing fantastic tennis, has really sort of kept herself together, and is someone that generally does better in quicker matches. But if we get to a third set, Rybakina is someone that we've seen kind of take a loss in a first or second set really put it away figure out kind of how to make some adjustments here and again should be a very exciting match uh, so kind of looking at it that two ways uh, you know one of my favorite looks you mentioned that player total i want to take sabalenka under 12 and a half games basically you know i start to look at it i think more than half the time we're looking at a two-set match here so you know basically any two-set match as long as we can avoid a tiebreaker we're going under that 12 and a half there um there's even a chance too if we get into a third set if right back and can win in three that maybe we can cash that as well so i think it's interesting and Part of the reason it's fun to look at some of these derivatives. I think this is these numbers are 12 and a half because the full match total is 23 and they just kind of dragged everything up. But normally you're looking at 12 here with these numbers. So happy to kind of take a little bit of an edge towards the under, I think. Have they got it right with Sabalenka being favorite and minus 125? Or do you think it should be minus 110 each of two? I could think you could make an argument that it's closer to minus 110. I think that, you know, if I'm hanging the line, you're probably more likely to get more Sabalenka money, which we've kind of seen. Um, you know, this opened right around this number. Um, Sabalenka took some money, stretched it out right back, and has been taking money anytime she's around, you know, plus 120, 2.2. So uh, the market seems pretty set on this, and I agree. Maybe Sabalenka is just a very short favorite. Size. I like Sabalenka at the uh, plus 700. Not that I knew enough about it to actually stick my money down, but it's just because the uh, two or three above her, there was massive question marks. But the two big hitters that we pointed out, I'll say we, I'm jumping on your bandwagon, lads, that it was Rybakina and Sabalenka. Yeah, and uh, to me, I think the, the value lies with Rybakina in this one. Uh, she's been playing the cleaner tennis. Uh, she is incredibly sound mentally, and of course, importantly, she's been here and done that before. She has a slam title that Sabalenka does not. For all of her talent, world number one talent, she hasn't been able to put it together for a full two weeks. And though she's done a lot better with the double falls and she's been crushing souls, uh, she did have a match where it flared up and she had, I think, nine aces and nine double faults. Uh, so, you know, that danger is still there. That second serve can become a liability, especially under uh, the largest and the biggest of pressure. Uh, so for me, uh, even though I have the big Rubakina outright, for me, the, the open was on plus 120 on Rubakina. I like that. Uh, so I think Rubakina is the side. Uh, it's really tough to say if it's going to go two or three sets, but 
I think we're not going to see longer sets. These women are far too powerful and too good. So if you get a couple of second serves to have a look at, uh, the breaks are going to fly. So I'm thinking we're going to see some 6-4, 6-3 sets here. So if you like the over 23, for example, just take over two and a half sets instead or, or take the fancy side to win 2-1 uh, because it's either two fairly comfortable sets or it's three sets, but still the sets in themselves are not going to be that long. Okay, if it does go to uh, the three sets, who, who do we favour? Because have we got any injury worries? Have we got any niggles? Have we got anyone who's not got a better record over the three sets? Alex? What's a niggle? A niggle, as in, <laughs> oh, I've, just, oh, I've got like a twinge, you know, like, uh, like we like had that. question marks over um, Djokovic with his hamstring or someone's back or have we got anything that we can just give an edge to? Because we've got to find an edge here. I mean, we have basically got minus 110, each of two who both have the same skill sets. No, that's always good to learn. I like that. It's a fun word. I'm going to try to use that. But both players look really healthy to me. Um, I haven't seen too much. Um, don't believe anybody's kind of too taped up here. But I think from a mental perspective, like Snyes mentioned, this is Sabalenka's first Grand Slam final. Now, she's played with a ton of confidence the last two weeks, and I expect all that to be fine until it's not. Um, I think the moment maybe Rybakina right gets a break lead, uh, pushes her back a little bit. I'm curious to see how she responds. So I think the longer the match goes, the better it is for Rybakina. Right Okay, it's nice. You total agreement because you fancy they're uh, obviously plus two thousand, and then a double dipped at plus one twenty, one twenty-five. Yeah, I, I do think Rybakina is the favoured uh, player. If we go into a third set, remember that was exactly where we were uh, in the Wimbledon final. She lost the first set; she got dropped. I think it was six-two or six-one to Ons Jabeur, but she came back and was the stronger player in the decider. And I'm sure she'll be able to draw upon that, uh, those memories and that experience. Uh, if the going gets tough and we're, you know, one set away in a shootout for, for the victory. So I do fancy Rybakina. Uh, I think she overall has just less holes uh, in her overall game uh, with mentality added to the picture. And I think she uh, has the easier path to, to just execute as she has done the entire tournament. Uh, so I, I do, I definitely would favor uh, Rybakina here. Yeah, and don't go nearer, obviously, on the under or over 12 and a half because she could win in straight sets like four and four or four and three, and then you've picked the winner, but you've actually lost because she hasn't got to the 13 games. Let's have a little look at the uh, official picks because with the official picks, we can then have a little bit more of the reasoning why. So we've got Sabalenka under 12 and a half games at minus 110. That can even include... A free set match because it could be six four and then she loses three and three, three and two, four and two. So I mean you have got the back door covered there as well. Total aces, you've both had a little look at aces. Um total aces are over 13 and a half in the game. So obviously you're gonna be favoring the free sets there, I, I fancy. Or are you, Alex? Yeah, obviously more tennis is more better for this bet. And as we talked about in the preview show, and we've seen time and time again over the last two weeks. These fast courts, these conditions are really good for servers. Um, aces have been abound for both. I think Sabalenka is averaging close to six, seven aces per match. Again, most of them in two sets here. Um, had a handful of matches with nine. Right back, in a, again, similar numbers here. And again, a lot of two-set matches. So if this goes on as long as the market expects it to, you know, the total of 23, the over two and a half sets right around even money, uh, it's just better for us. But as I look at the conditions, uh, there is maybe a little concern. We're going to be playing at night. 
The courts tend to be a little bit slower. Um, obviously, when there's less heat, the ball doesn't quite explode the same way. But they're going to be indoors, and that generally helps um, You know, both of them. I think we'll see a lot more accuracy on serve for either woman, and I think that'll kind of counteract maybe a little bit less speed. So, yeah, total ace is over 13.5, and, and I know Snyes prefers right back in it, but I think both of these are great looks. Yeah, so let's go to Snyes, because Snyes has gone for Rebecca over seven and a half aces at minus 130. Um, because it is obviously down under and it is their summer, we might see maybe some of the uh, energy preserved Snyes from the returners. So basically, it's not one of them where they want to be uh, blowing a gasket in the first set, so there may well be plenty aces. Could well be, but also Rybakina's serve has just been on fire this entire tournament. She is the tournament ace leader. She's struck 44 aces thus far in her six matches. Uh, so she's already uh, kind of on the cusp of averaging this amount Eight. of aces per match. Exactly. And she is facing a player that on return... Uh, I mean, Sabalenka doesn't get enough credit for her mobility and her defending, but when returning serve, she can be caught a bit flat-footed, and Rybakina is going to be powering down those serves uh, at nearing 120, 125 miles per hour. So she's serving up some real bombs, and it's going to be really difficult to return. Uh, Asarenka, Victoria Asarenka, is a player that has a similar player profile as her countrywoman in, in uh, Sabalenka, and Rybakina struck nine aces on her in two sets. And I think, I think we see something similar if it is a two-set match, of course. If we have three sets, this is pretty much automatically in. I can't see how it doesn't hit in three sets. But I'm expecting it to be hit in two. And they faced at Wimbledon last year. Uh, Rebecca Nass struck 10 aces there. Uh, worth noting, it was three sets, though. She struck 12 aces uh, in another three-setter. Uh, so she has... Uh, gone up to the double digit aces several times against Sabalenka, and I think she uh, has a great shot of doing so again here. Yeah, you ain't got to worry about nine and tens and twelves. You want eight, just yep. to get eight at minus one thirty, uh, and it's Rebecca now. Money line now at uh, plus one ten, and Alex has gone for a little bit more uh, value and greed because he's gone for Rebecca now to win in three sets at massive plus. 325 so there's not much uh, love or value seen in Sabalenka um, so we are cheering on Rebecca now and hopefully uh, it will set us off with massive future and we clean up on the finals as well so that's the women's 2023 first Grand Slam final sorted now let's get to the men and one of them we knew was going to be in a final before we even started because it is Novak as favourite, obviously, giving up five and a half at minus 125. Again, to Sitsi Pass, who's getting the five and a half at plus 105. The number is set at 37 and a half with tips minus 110. And it's player total of under over 17 and a half for to Sitsi Pass. Djokovic is at 20 and a half. I mean, you can take this one away, Alex, because tell me how Novak loses this final if it's possible. It is possible. Um, How? This is know, what I want to hear. This is what I want to hear. Yeah, it, it's it's possible, but it, it seems just highly unlikely. Now, we've heard much be made of the quality of his hamstring and much been questioned about what has been made of the quality of his hamstring. But as someone that has watched a lot of tennis players, a lot of basketball players, hamstrings are tough. At a moment's notice, that thing can basically just give out. But 
I think he's healthy. I don't think that there's any reason to really worry about that. And this is the third time these two men have played in a Grand Slam final. Novak won both those matches, three sets to two. Now, they were at the French Open on clay, where maybe Stefanos is a little more comfortable. Um, but the last one specifically, Sitsipas goes up two sets in the final and then loses the next three pretty unceremoniously. I have to think that at any moment of doubt for Sitsipas, this falls apart pretty quickly. So... It's kind of boring to say, but it does feel like this is a pretty comfortable Djokovic win, in my opinion. Snyder, he hasn't really been tested, has he? He looks like he's been machine-like. Yeah, I mean, the biggest test really uh, came from the most unexpected opponent was Enzo Cuaco, uh, the Frenchman, uh, world number 191, who managed to snag a tiebreak from Djokovic. And that was in the match he was struggling the very most with his hamstring, and Cuaco played lights out. Uh, and yet still, we look at the other three sets and that was 6-1, 6-2, 6 And that's basically been the score to everyone that's faced him since. And we have some real quality players here, like world number six, Rublev, 6-1, 6-2, 6-4, no problem. Uh, much fancy Tommy Paul, 7-5, 6-1, 6-2 in the semifinal. And Djokovic had a set point on serve for 6-1 in the first set. So he kind of choked to to not get an even more comfortable victory there. And Dimonor and Dimitrov also just completely disintegrated. Uh, Tsitsipas is playing some spectacular tennis, uh, but I just don't see him, uh, even if he plays at the peak of his powers, which he's currently doing uh, on much in much more favorable conditions. Twice he's taken two sets off of Djokovic uh, on clay at Roland Garros. That's his best chance, and he can't even get him there. Uh, and here in Australia, it's Novak's fortress. He's basically invincible, and hamstring looks fine. Uh, and there's really just no betting against him. I think it's either Tsitsipas comes out strong with enormous self-belief and goes up to nothing again to just lose, uh, or it's a comfortable Djokovic for nothing. I really see no in-between there, uh, but I would lean towards the former. Djokovic just looks uh, insurmountable currently. Alex, what do we think of the number, 37.5? Because my initial impression is it goes under. Because even if we see a full set... It could, we could have a one or a two in any of them four sets. Yeah, I agree. I mean, under is, has been pretty good again. A lot of these Djokovic matches, even if you see a tight first set, if they somehow get to 7-5, even 7-6, uh, like Snyes mentioned, then all of a sudden 6-1, 6-2, 6-2, 6-1. There's a bagel in there somewhere. And it does feel like once Djokovic gets going, this thing is, is going to be pretty comfortable. So I like that under. Again, my only concern is if there is a way Sitsipah wins a set here, it probably is in a tiebreaker. So um, th- that could be the only fly in the ointment. But I think again under is a good way to, to, to look okay so we think that he covers the five and a half at minus 125 alex yeah that's probably my favorite bet on the board here um you know we've got some djokovic to win the tournament which is great we get to just let that ride um you know like i just talked about with the total don't mind the under the under is usually a decent bet if you also like the favorite on the game spread the two are not entirely correlated but generally pretty close to one another but again in the off chance we see djokovic do what he's done in, in a couple grand slam finals over the past few years kind of use the first set as a warm-up almost let Sitsapa take the first set and then kind of you know sweep things away in the next three so protecting against that a little bit I'd rather just lay the minus five and a half yeah I'm just thinking to myself that the number must be wrong on Djokovic's games because if he goes to four sets and he wins say 3-1 if he doesn't get beat bagel or one we're going to cover the be uh, 20 and a half because I see him getting a minimum 23 24 games in a in a four set game it's nice yeah definitely uh 
And I think there's a there is a slight danger of tie breaks here. Sisipas uh, has been serving incredibly well this week, and it is worth mentioning that in four of the late last five head-to-head uh, -head matchups between these two players, there has been a tiebreak involved, and it's it importantly occurred uh, before even at, like the second set. Uh, no, no, sorry, the third like before the third set at the latest. So even if it's a straight sets victory, it's it's still. Uh, has a pretty high likelihood of, of going to a tiebreak. And then, you know, Djokovic has to win six games and perhaps not win the set. And then, you know, from there, it's it's guaranteed, basically. And if he wins uh, a set, obviously, with seven games, and again, Sisypas can take a set, you know, instantly there. But it's like, I... It's a difficult one for me. Uh, again, I think it's either uh, a fairly comfortable one. And, you know, even if... Uh, he he gets a tiebreak set like seven six. Uh, he's still going under uh, if it's a straight sets victory. So we basically need four sets for that. Uh, but if you do like four sets, I mean, I like the player total over. Well, if it's under Snipes, you don't go anywhere near the minus one hundred five. You just go with the three nil set betting at plus one fifty. Yeah, ex ex exactly. And if it's three nil, you're going with Djokovic minus five and a half because yeah, exactly. even because it's going to be four four four. So exactly. So if you like, I'd say if you like the over. Uh, is where I was going with it. If you like the over, just bet over 20 and a half games with Djokovic instead of the over 37 and a half because he can win in four sets, go under, but still go over his player games. Uh, but yeah, for me, my bet that I have in this one is actually the tiebreak bets. I, I have over uh, one, well, a point one and a half or point a half tiebreak, at least one in the match. Uh, as I said, even on clay, Notably, two of these head-to-heads are on clay as well, super slow conditions, and they still play the tiebreak. And, you know, these are super quick conditions. Tsitsipas has been serving well. Uh, Djokovic has been going for his serve a lot. He's been double faulting a lot because he's packing a lot of power into both first and second serves, uh, meaning he's been sporting really high uh, first serve uh, points one, uh, around 80%, and... With Sisabas is serving, he can, especially in the first set before Djokovic really settles in on return, uh, he can certainly take it to a tiebreak. Uh, so that's really the main angle I have for this. I do like minus five and a half as well from Alex. I might tail that because really, no matter how I compute it, it, it really just seems difficult. Even if it's four sets, uh, there's going to be a lopsided set in there, and then Djokovic covers minus five and a half. It's really hard to look past that. Yeah, it is. Alex, what sort of weaknesses are we looking at from the uh, from the challenger into Tsitsipas? Really weak return game. It is really hard for him to win any set where he doesn't, again, get it to a tie break where the returning becomes less important or somehow gets an early break. So it's you're going to know pretty early on what Tsitsipas has, what he's able to do. But if he can't get anything going return-wise in this Djokovic serve, it's, it's over pretty quickly. So, you know, as Snides kind of mentioned, Tsitsipas style, it is. He's going to focus on that serve, try to get everything basic into a tie break. You know, a Tsitsipas win here does feel kind of like a four or five set match with three or four tiebreakers in it, something like that. So I think that gives you maybe a feel for what he needs. Are we, are we looking at maybe a gunslinger type early uh, attitude from uh, to sit's pass that he's basically just going to have to be all out aggressive. And if he's going to obviously stay around, he's going to have to take that first set. Do we see Djokovic winning the first set and the sit's pass coming back? Lads, either, either. No, no, they're... No, I mean it. He he's he's been winning. I mean, if it, if it were Clay, he'd had he had a chance. Uh, he's done it before. Like he was two sets down against Djokovic in uh, 
Roland Garros of 2020. Uh, and he came back and make that a five-setter. Uh, unfortunately, he couldn't be competitive in the fifth, but he did it. Uh, and Tsitsipas is a player that thrives on self-belief and is generally very confident, though he can have his meltdowns. Uh, so it's not like he's going to give up. And obviously for him, he has nothing to lose. It's going to be all guns blazing. He's going to have to go out there because obviously Djokovic is the man to beat. Everyone knows that he's in contention for being the best of all time. Uh, right? So the attitude and the, the play from Tsitsipas has to reflect that. Just go out there and do your very best. But as for winning the match, as much as he tries... He needs to win the first set, possibly the first two sets, or two of the first three sets. He has, he needs to be up uh, 2-1 at, at worst to have a chance to win this. Uh, if he doesn't have that, uh, I really don't see a chance for him. Okay, let's have a little look at where we're going to earn some money on top of our futures. Um, I, I, I went all in on Djokovic, to be honest, um, so I'm more than happy just to sit it out. Djokovic, minus 5.5 at minus 125. For Alex uh, Snyes likes that as well, that minus five and a half. But he's also thrown in the tie um, match, tie, tie break in the match at minus one forty. So, uh, but lads, it's Djokovic, yeah. Yeah, it's Djokovic. Okay, let's not complicate it. I like that. Djokovic around the plus one hundred, minus one ten prior to the start was uh, the best way to go. Let's have a little look at all the official picks. And then I'll ask you to subscribe and obviously ring the bell. And ring the bell means we'll notify you and you'll never miss any content again on this underrated channel because it's Grand Slams, it's Triple Crown, and it's Majors of Three Unbelievable Sports. So Alex has gone for Sabalenka under 12 and a half games at minus 110. Uh, Rebecca Sabalenka total aces over 13 and a half at minus 110 combined. Uh, Rebecca to win 2-1 at plus 325 and Novak to get the job done and also give up five and a half games. So basically minus five and a half for Novak at minus 125. Snyes, uh, Sabalenka under 12 and a half games at minus 110. Rebecca over seven and a half aces at minus 130. And Tsitsipas Djokovic, a tie break in the match at plus 140. So make sure you enjoy the Australian Open of both the men's and the women's. And then we're off to Roland Garros. Roland Garros will be uh, Grand Slam number two of 2023. And I'm wondering, gents, if Tsitsipas Djokovic may well be the final that we're looking at there as well. It would repeat be. final? Be be the th yeah, third time in the French Open final. I mean, it all depends on how healthy Alcaraz is. Of course, let's not forget the world number one. How dare I? Alex, thank you very much. Enjoy the weekend, and we look forward to seeing you again soon. Snyes, don't spend all that money at once. We're basically here. It's all about Novak and Rabakana. You take care.